Hey everyone, welcome to episode 122 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff still waiting on the Jeff, but yeah. hopefully soon. I've heard rumor that October 20th he's back in, he's in the pulpit. In the pulpit yeah. So if you can be in the pulpit, you can sit uh, in that's, the studio. That's you would think. Right? So if you can do two standing, you can do one sitting. So just when your dreams of fall began to formulate into a beautiful backdrop of cooler temperatures, lessening humidity, and breezy days of October... <laughs> As a Floridian, you quickly are reminded that summer and hurricane season are synonymous and insidious. (laughs) While those of us in central Florida will likely be spared any effects of Hurricane Michael, he is on track currently for the panhandle, and unfortunately, those who are still dealing with the flooding and aftermath of Hurricane Florence last month in the Carolinas. Our prayers are with everyone in Michael's path and hope it is quick and is... Oh, geez, as painless as possible. Uh, dry. <laughs> as dry as possible. There you go. Last week, we were on the verge of enrolling ourselves in behavioral therapy before we decided that how important is it to God that we behave? So important that he behaved perfectly in Jesus Christ, and he credits that perfect behavior to our account. And by it, we are brought into communion with God himself. Please don't miss last week's message or the podcast. It really was, at the end of the day, a good, uplifting realization (laughs) that, thank goodness it's not up to us to make this all happen. So if you've missed any episodes, if you're on iTunes, just simply swipe up. All the links are there for you, or go to hospitalchurch.org slash podcast, and everything and all the previous messages, links, and episodes (laughs) of the podcast are there. And of course, if you have the Hospital Church mobile app, you already knew that. So on to this week and a new series... The church, the and, church, and this week, hmm, how did you come up with the with the title, or what made us start with "Founded in Love"? Well, we just want to make sure we get the church founded in the right place. <laughs> no, it's really interesting because a lot of times we think about church, we think about uh, crisis points or uh, under duress or uh, in in opposition to, yeah, uh, and to really recognize that. God's intention for church is that its foundation be in who He is, which is right. love. So no matter what we can and have, <laughs> and will continue to make it at times, right? At least we know what it's supposed to. Yeah, be. Yeah, we. I mean, the church <laughs> is full of humans, so we mess up royally. Yeah, but that's not God's intention necessarily. Man, that's a hard one to remember sometimes for people. I think on the inside, but on the outside, it's certainly easy to see, but easy to forget that. Everyone inside's in the same boat as those outside the church. Right. And, and of course, the reality, too, is that Jesus says very clearly that there, you always have two churches. You have wheat and tares. Yeah. And, and we have no business trying to pull those apart. So we have to let them grow together, which is really irritating because, <laughs> you know, I mean, if, you, if, you could, if you could somehow pure up the church. Yeah. Uh, then it's like, okay, now that, there you, look over there. there that's, a, that's a model of what we're also to be like. But the reality is, this, when, as soon as we look at the church, we see faultiness in the church, and we yeah. see even even outright rebellion and sinning within the church, and that freaks us out a little bit. We have to realize that professed followers of Christ are not perfect, and at the same time, the enemy has come and sown weeds among the wheat. <laughs> so it's, it's a double problem. Well, and I think that it's so easy in today's climate of social media, instant 24-hour news, yeah. that anytime something bad happens, it's just so easy to go like, oh, Bad Christian, let's get out the big roller, dip it in the paint, and let's roll that whole wall of Christianity with whatever color that person, you know, has made it out to be sure. by their sin. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like it's like if you have one NASCAR driver who gets inebriated and has a wreck, then are all 
NASCAR drivers inebriated. No, no, no. I mean, but, but we we tend to do that on groups of people on a regular basis, both ethnically and socially and oh, yeah. economically and all kinds of ways. It's really important that we uh, don't lump people together in a group and judge them as a group. Let's let's look at individuals and yeah. And, and then even at that, let's not marginalize no those individuals exactly. who made, gosh, sometimes horrendous right statements or horrendous acts of fill in the blank. Right. But they're redeemable. But they're redeemable. Right. That's man, that's the other hard part that's kind <laughs> of it really piggybacks. I felt like this message, even though we started a new series, I almost felt like last week and this week were really a kind of a two part series because <laughs> last week we talked about the importance of behaving like we already mentioned and and how God views that gap between his ideal for us and of course the obvious distance down to our actual performance. <laughs> And while we reinforce the idea that the responsibility lies on God, not us, it seems like a bit of a disconnect when we begin to try to fit together the puzzle pieces from both weeks into a clear picture. Because through the fall of Lucifer and the Garden of Eden, we see what sobering and lasting impacts there are when we put self and self-importance above self-giving and love. It's not a pretty scenario when you consider the collateral damage that is just collected in the sure. aftermath and in God's name. Right. Of all things. So how do we truly balance these seemingly oil and water parts of this sinful world and this nature of ours that just doesn't seem to go together? How do we help those people that are looking at and wanting to paint with the broad brush mm-hmm. say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not showing you what God is. Right. This is what God is. I think we have to always go back to the word, look for the picture of Jesus, which is our best picture of who God is. Right. And, and line things up with that. And then recognize that the the church, the series we're stepping into, uh, God has called the church for some great purposes. And this week, I don't want to be a spoiler, <laughs> but but this week it's really we're going to look at the fact that what has the church done for the world? And mm. um, it's a fallen, messed up group of people called the church, <laughs> and yet the phenomenal history of the church, while it's got some horrible points in it, terrible failures to be God-following people in the in the right sense. Sure. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, I think we'll be surprised this next week how significant the world is better because of the church. <clears throat> this might actually, uh, <laughs> this might play into the spoiler, but I mean, how do we or how should we as a local body and community of Christ react when the church, now again, it's made up of us, mm-hmm. but let's say that maybe institutionally, the church speaks or acts in ways that don't align with what Jesus taught about his kingdom. Like you mentioned, the disciples after the transfiguration, posturing and positioning for power, even in the face of the salvation for the world, sure. the whole plan had just been completed and solidified and victory is won. <laughs> and it's we're still talking about power. Right. So how do we help people understand these things? I think that, that one of our struggles, and it should always be, to never let ends justify means, to always work mm-hmm. within the parameters of what God wants the church to be, recognizing we're going to fail sometimes. That, that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But that being said, that we're going to seek to not build God's kingdoms by any other principle than God's principles. Right. Right now, within our denomination, there's there are some interesting days ahead of us. There are, our annual council is happening right now in Washington that yeah. starts this week, and there are sort of a command and control issue that's coming before them. And command and control is not God's kingdom style. 
Yeah. Uh, God's kingdom style, he he dies on the cross to preserve our freedom of choice. He loves us so much. He, he's willing to lose us versus us not have a choice to love, to him. love him. Yeah, it has to all be one toward him. And so force of any kind is the kingdom of Satan. Freedom and grace are, is the kingdom of God. Uh, God's not into the forcing side. He wants human freedom to make a choice and, and live with that choice and those kinds of things. So it's, it's really important to recognize we, we cannot build God's kingdom with Satan's principles, uh, his practices, his way of doing business. And sometimes churches fall into that where they'll, they'll do some conniving things sometimes thinking the end will justify the means. And that is never the ethic for a Christian church. And really, we can't, we can't just turn a blind eye because we have to assume that a committee and a group this large has heard from every side before sure. this. This is not something like, oh, is that what we're doing? <laughs> right? right. But that was on my mind as, we, as I was preparing for this. <laughs> but just as a quick side, what would you do or what are you doing personally that can maybe influence – is there anything outside of prayer that we can do <laughs> for that committee? Well, prayers, prayers are very – I think we should be praying for two things. I think we should be praying for the Holy Spirit's influence on the whole group. Right. We also should specifically be praying for those who have a clear understanding of the danger of what's happening Mm -hmm. to be brave and courageous and to be willing to stand for right in the face of opposition that that could be possibly job-threatening or whatever the case may be. I mean, any minister in the Adventist church who's keeping his job over money really ought to have his head examined. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, is that a legit... Yes, that's uh, really a bad reason to be in the job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think it's because of these detours that we get taken off to the side, we get off track, Mm -hmm. and those detours take us so far from that foundational plan of being founded in love that and his plan for the church that we absolutely tear apart those that see these double standards, the world's watching this. Current Adventists, ex-Adventists, other denominations are watching what we're doing as a church. And it just, it creates this lack of transparency in talk versus the walk. And it starts to marginalize anyone that thinks differently. So these aren't merely just worldly snubs or marginalization that we're talking about. These are, in most cases, a fleeing from the hypocrisy to find the very love and community that the church is supposed to provide. We have absolutely got to get this right all the time, right? Right. I think it's really important for a, a denomination when it's wrestling with issues that there's great division on to recognize that no matter how differently we see things, that our relationship, while we can try to call one another to accountability and to move toward God's principles, there has to be a, a graciousness, a kindness, um, not a letting something slide, but calling to accountability and challenging. But when Paul confronts Peter about his his way he caves to the Judaizers and, and the results of, of eventually you have the um, Jerusalem Council in Scripture, Paul's pretty straight on in his, in his bringing Peter to task. So the accountability structures can be pretty straightforward, but they still have to be from a spirit of Christian love and kindness. Yeah, it can't just be because I'm right. Yeah, and it can't be because I'm mad. Uh, and, and, and it works... It yeah. works from both directions and all the different camps, uh, that must be remembered. Don't cave to your anger. Speak the truth in love, but don't be afraid to speak the truth at the right. same time. But speak it with love, yeah. though. Yeah, I like that. Because I think everyone respects, I mean, we've just gone through the Kavanaugh hearing, and, yeah. and you know, as polarizing as any subject could possibly be, with good reason for mm-hmm. the accusations and 
none of us will ever know right. the real truth. But how someone reacts and how somebody presents right. themselves has made a lasting effect on how they believe in the validity of your story, your right. story, whether you're innocent mm-hmm. or guilty or whether your charges are correct or incorrect. And I think that made a real a real mirrored effect mm-hmm. when I was looking at that versus what we're about to go through. Right. And anytime, anytime there's increasing fundamentalism, which means basically I'm right and everybody else is wrong, <laughs> yeah. um, the spirit of communication and cooperation and collaboration, um, seeking to, to really understand God's heart on an issue uh, often gets lost. For some reason, we ended up losing the remaining few minutes of our conversation But right after Andy finished his thoughts on this, we discussed some research that he mentioned that reveals that the six most common perceptions of the church among post-Christian 20 and 30-somethings include the church is an organized religion with a political agenda. The church is judgmental and negative. It's dominated by males and oppresses females. The church is homophobic. Arrogantly claims all other religions are wrong, and it's full of fundamentalists who take the whole Bible literally. Now, we discussed how trying to overcome even one or maybe two of those can be really, really difficult. And how do we reach those whose perceptions are taken directly from the pages of reality and help them see the human failure that we are as a church and as a body, but also? to see the part where the church, God's church, was founded in love. That's what it's supposed to be, and there's no way as humans we're ever going to achieve that. I understand this really, really well. I've been that person who has seen all those things, but not understood the divinity and the love and the initial plan from God to have his church be founded in love. It's a lonely place when you still have friends or family on the inside who see things differently than you. It almost causes you to be an alien in that part of your life from the people that just don't see things the way you do. You don't feel like you belong. You don't feel like there's a place for you. And it took a long time for me to sort out my feelings and realize that I only control me. The church doesn't control me. Nobody else controls me. Nobody else controls how I have to realize that my dependence on God for who I am and my salvation can only be answered in him. And I know that sounds really simplistic, but for those who land on the brunt end of these perceptions, it's difficult to put it all together and to feel like there's someone there that understands and cares and maybe even desires that you be a part of this community. And I don't want to leave today's episode without an encouraging word to anyone who's struggling with hurt or pain that the church may have caused you. The devil is amazing at helping us justify walking away from God because of things that the church has done to us, you and I, people in the church. Please know that someone cares. I care. And I'm not afraid to admit that being Christian is far more often about asking for forgiveness from myself, from others, than it is about doing things right or even God's way. Search in your heart for forgiveness for those that caused your hurt so that you can be free and begin the process of healing. It lets you off the hook, not them. 
they have to figure out that for themselves. Know that there's a community here at the hospital church filled with wildly imperfect people, just like you, just like me, no matter what your history, and that we love and accept you. Hang out with us online. You can always hang out here on the podcast with us. Stop by for a visit and a cup of coffee on a Saturday morning. Ask for Randy at the Welcome Center. I would love to meet you. So this week, one of our FHC takeaways asked, what has been your experience with church? Now, after everything we've talked about on this episode, and as we consider the church being founded in love, what has been your experience with the church? And I'm guessing for some, it's been many things, the good, the bad, and the ugly, or some formation of the amazing and downright despicable with a few in-between sprinkled in for good measure. Whatever your journey, I would love to hear your experience and share with others here on the podcast so that others who share your experience can be confident that they are not alone. When we come at this together and we support each other, the journey is so much easier. If you have something that you'd like to share, you don't have to give us your name, who you are. Please leave a voicemail, send a text. You can do those at 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at hospitalchurch.org. And finally, the final thoughts came from Andy's message where he said, God is calling the church. God is calling you and me to model and demonstrate and be lovers of our world, to be willing to lay down our lives, to take up our cross and follow Jesus on this path of self-sacrifice. Then the church, founded in love, will be able to love people into a lifelong friendship with God. So upcoming this week, we are going to continue this series called Church. The title is Fallen and Rescued, so you won't want to miss that. And I believe that where we're going with that is all of the good that the church has done and how it's changed our world over time, obviously with a few chapters in there that maybe we'd like to forget. But uh, should be interesting in that. So that's going to do it for this week. Thank you as always to Andy and Tom and do join us again next week for episode 123. But before I let you go, there's probably going to be a little bonus episode for you on Friday, episode 122.5 and a surprise guest and topic. So I will just leave that there for you. So do join us again, hopefully this coming Friday for episode 122.5. Thanks for listening and have a great week.